1380 and 100.9 live local and talking about the teams that matter to you this is talking sports with jim shovlin on espn radio 1380 am and 100.9 fm brought to you by automotive color and supply Good morning and welcome to Talkin' Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply for a Saturday, May 30th, 2020. Along with producer co-host Justin Kenny from OPS, I'm Jim Shovlin. Thanks so much for tuning in as we're talking local sports of all sorts until the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. If you'd like to get a hold of us and be part of the show, uh, if you have a question, suggestion, opinion, or a rant, do so via the Automotive Color and Supply text line at 46862. That's 46862. Please put TS in the front of your message so we know that it's routed, well, for us and not uh, perhaps maybe a show or two down the hallway at the Federated Media Metroplex. So uh, we would appreciate that. Got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking uh, in our uh, little weekly segment with Mr. Blake Sebring. And uh, among other things, I think he wants to chat about some of Fort Wayne's finest that haven't hit their respective halls of fame yet or have been an oversight. So we'll talk to Blake about that. Just had a phenomenal uh, feature on Hilliard Gates. If you've been around sports for uh, any length of time, the name Hilliard Gates resonates with you. Uh, what an icon, a legend in sports broadcasting. And uh, so we're going to be talking with Blake a little bit later on um, about that and other things, of course, as well. We're also going to be talking with Mike Nutter, president and GM of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, uh, in what um, gee, I, was, I was getting ready to see in our weekly Tin Caps chat, but uh, uh, due to COVID-19 and uh, the suspension of baseball thus far, um, well, haven't had much chance. But we want to check in with Mike and see what's going on. They've got a, a, an, an outstanding uh, ballpark food uh, initiative uh, or if if you will uh, opportunity going that uh, seems to be uh, a hit with the fans but uh, we're also going to talk they were in the news a little bit earlier uh, with the Padres and uh, uh, about uh, well pay for players and staff. So uh, we're going to be talking to Mike about that and other things as well. And once again if you have an opinion, a question, a comment, a suggestion Automotive Color and Supply text line is always open at 46862. Once again, 46862. TS in your message. And don't forget, previous shows, you can hear them on uh, our podcast page at ESPNFortWayne.com. We are also on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, and Spotify as well. So uh, check that out uh, from the archives of Talking Sports. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Shovlin. How are you, sir? I am wonderful. And, and of course, uh, last night was, um, I, I was, I'll, I'll be honest, it was riveted uh, uh, to social media. Uh, watching uh, as things unfolded downtown Fort Wayne. And don't want to belabor this or anything like that, but we felt that um, touch on it, um, a a peaceful protest turned not so peaceful. And um, obviously got a little bit out of hand. A little Uh, bit. Uh, so, I mean, and, and there's another protest scheduled for, I believe, 2 p.m. Yeah, today. 2 o'clock down at the Courthouse Square. Hopefully things are a little bit uh, more calm today. 
And in as far as what happened last night, it was peaceful, I think, and until the protesters took to the street, literally, yeah, and uh, blocked traffic on North Clinton um, near uh, near Headwaters Park, and then back to the Martin Luther King Bridge, and um, and then all you know after that, it got violent with uh, windows being broken out. We saw the the Jimmy Johns. And some of the other uh, locations that uh, that got hit, there was a, a law office, I believe, over perhaps on Main Street. Uh, yeah, Main and Clinton was well. kind of the epicenter there. Yeah, and, and so uh, it, just something you don't want to see from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, although these these protests uh, uh, were such around the country, we weren't alone, we weren't isolated, uh, we weren't Minneapolis. But my goodness, um, you know, it, it's something that. Uh, we th- we kind of think, gee, that this could never happen in Fort Wayne. I I remember I lived through riots in the late '60s in Fort Wayne uh, that that we haven't heard much about, and uh, I remember that where we had curfews at night, and uh, that was a strange, surreal situation as well. So, uh, just hoping that uh, you know cooler heads prevail, and uh, you know people keep uh, keep why they're why they're out there. And in stating their opinions uh, peacefully. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the peaceful protest. They're they're protesting for a good cause, right? The the base is is uh, is is relevant, is needed. You know, a voice like that. But when it turns into blocking traffic, and then you're surprised when you get tear gassed uh, or vandalizing businesses, that's when it crosses the line into being just uh, a riot or not um, not being progressive in terms of putting the message out there. It devalues why you're there yes. when that happens. So, and of, Yeah, and of course, in the aftermath of last night and, of course, the cleanup and everything, I, I would uh, avoid the downtown area today, if at all possible. I'm sure cleanup work is uh, is at hand right now um windows being boarded up windows probably already boarded up but uh being repaired in uh in in preparation for the two o'clock protest uh you know at the courthouse as well so um just a, a an eerie situation but uh anyway thought we would touch on it yeah and then we can just move along and talk about local sports of all sorts because let's do it all right well uh, as I said, we have uh, the Tin Caps uh, President GM Mike Nutter joining us uh, uh, at the bottom of the hour. And then uh, we're going to be talking with Blake Sebring uh, right after uh, our first break. And, of course, we've been talking with Blake weekly uh, throughout this pandemic period. And uh, he's been giving us all kinds of insight on on what he's been working on and some of the outstanding uh, features that he's uh, provided for the Journal-Gazette and uh, in, in part of Fort Wayne sports history. And if Fort Wayne sports was to have a large Hall of Fame, who would be the inhabitants of that such uh Building and uh, it would it would it's been a very interesting uh, and a lot of fun too, having Blake along with us and of course one of Blake's books Fort Wayne Sports History um, has uh, the the history of sports in Fort Wayne in chronological order uh, based on calendar and uh, the 1947 the May 30th entry. Zollner Stadium opens as a softball palace. 
And of course, uh, you know, we've known it as is primarily football, but it started out. That's why the the bleachers on the uh, on the west side were configured how they were. And I can remember when the Bishop Dwinger Saints played there in the mid seventies. That was the home side. Yep. But it was kind of uh, weird because on the home side, you were actually further away from the field. Yes. So your line of sight was a little bit different. And, you know, but you, you came into the venue and there were your stands right there. You didn't have to walk all the way around the field. Then that changed over the years. And, uh, you know, they got the larger side. But, um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty uh, – uh, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing historic complex as it is. You know, with the football field at Zollner Stadium, and then you've got Masucci Field there with baseball in honor of uh, longtime Concordia cadet head baseball coach Jack Masucci, and uh, still a Facebook friend, and I see him at board meetings and things like that all the time. Jack's still, uh, still enjoying life and having a lot of fun. But in 1947... As Blake says, until 1947, the Pistons played their games at the Municipal Beach at City Utilities Park, where there weren't any showers or locker rooms. Players would dress at home, then drive to the games. And uh, construction on the new stadium started in uh, 1946 at a cost of $85,000. Completion was scheduled for the start of the 46 season, but a shortage of steel bands pushed it back a year. Um, more than 90,000 fans came out to see the new place during the 47th season, including more than 7,500 over two nights when heavyweight boxer Joe Lewis brought his Flint Punchers to town. Also in 2003, Concordia and Bishop Dwinger combined to refurbish the entire Zollner Stadium complex to the cost of $2.4 million. Uh, Dwinger and Concordia shared the facility for home football games since 1978. Although, like I said, Dwinger had played some games there before that. So that is uh, your entry in the Fort Wayne sports history. So uh tell you what we're going to do. Let's go ahead. Let's step out. Let's take our first break now. And then uh, when we come back, we'll have Blake Sebring with us. And we'll, uh, we'll chat with Blake about uh, who's gotten snubbed locally for Hall of Fame uh, virtue. Let's uh, let's talk to Blake when we come back. You're listening to Talk and Sports presented by Automotive Color and Supply on ESPN Radio 1380 AM 100.9 FM. It's time to rethink your limits, and OPS is here to help you do it. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the new standard in sports medicine and sports performance. Unfortunately, injuries are just a part of the game and can happen to anyone. The professionals at OPS work together to get you back in action and performing at your very best. From certified athletic trainers to fellowship-trained sports medicine physicians, physical therapists, and sports performance coaches, your athlete will receive the same continuum of care as the professional. Professionals do. Wanting to take your game to the next level? OPS offers performance classes six days a week at the newly renovated Ash Center. OPS athletes can experience real measurable results in speed, strength, and agility without increasing their risk of injury. The certified trainers at OPS use scientific methods to help you get the most out of your body. Mention this ad and you will receive one free month of training. Visit OptimumPerformanceSports.com to learn more and to start your free month today. Sunday, May 31st. It looks like Byron's going to slide up the hill. He'll take Almirola with him. Almirola into the outside wall. They're racing again in Bristol. Battle for the lead. Save 
rising up into turn three. It is Ryan Blaney to the top side. It's the Food City 500. Clint Boyer has closed rapidly on the back bumper of Ryan Blaney. Now just three car lengths separating first and second. The Food City 500, Sunday, May 31st at 2.30. On Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners, broken AC, water heater, pool pump, fridge on the fritz? You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home for around a dollar a day, backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now for a free no-obligation quote and get your first month free, plus $75 off your first year. 800-494-8583. 800-494-8583. That's 800-494-8583. To those who love the grind, run with us on a John Deere Gator UV. Because your daily routine may change, but the land stays the same. There's still work to be done, a herd to keep in line, and ground to cover. Being linked to the land means the work never stops. So keep going on a Gator UV. Featuring a hefty payload capacity, smooth riding suspension, and the power to forge ahead. Nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Place your legal sports bets at BetRivers.com. Your new home for sports betting. Millions of betting options a year on the sports you love. We offer live in-game betting on major sporting events worldwide. Tons of bets available during games from money lines, prop bets, and many more. Use one of our 12 easy deposit methods to get in on the action. And when you win, we offer fast and reliable withdrawals. Sign up now and we'll match your first deposit up to $250. More bets, better odds, more action. Place your sports bets at BetRivers.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 1-800-994-8448. Welcome back to Talking Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply, Saturday, May 30th, 2020. Along with Justin Kenny from OPS, I'm Jim Shovelin. Thanks for tuning in. Talking local sports of all sorts until the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. 46862 is the Automotive Color and Supply text line. If you have a question, comment, suggestion, opinion, rant, etc., 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 or perhaps a feature for Blake Sebring because he is providing all kinds of amazing content for the Journal Gazette and on the Talking Sports phone line presented by Culligan of Fort Wayne. Give your people Culligan water is none other than Mr. Blake Sebring. Blake, good morning, sir. Always looking for the next great story. That is correct. So, uh, and, and I know you've uh, approached me a couple of times uh, with my baseball league saying, hey, Chevy, you got any kind of, of human interest story or anything like that? And we've been able to provide you with a couple of them over the years. Oh, there's been some amazing ones, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, starting with Dan Ash in, in, in his battle uh, with, with ALS, Kevin Preto, uh, who was our, in uh, uh, just, uh, uh, there, there's so many things going on. And, and but, but Blake is always out looking for that. That human interest special sports story. So if you have one, think you might have one, hey, shoot the idea to Blake and uh, he'll let you know if it's uh, something he wants to pursue or not. But uh, first, I, but before we get into uh, maybe those uh, locally that have been snubbed in halls of fame up to now, I want to talk a little bit about that feature you did on Hilliard Gates this past week. What what I mean, you talk about somebody iconic in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and, and known beyond the boundaries of Northeast Indiana as well. But Hilliard Gates, that had to be a blast just researching that. Um, 
Well, it was actually a blast knowing Hilliard. Well, um, true, yeah. I, I mean, that was, I mean, what a what a man. I mean, what a role model. Um, what a mentor in some ways, too, you know. Um, you know, he was definitely one of the cornerstones of Fort Wayne sports media. Um, all the things that he did for Fort Wayne, all the people he brought to the Mad Anthony's, events over the years, um, all the, just the relationships that he built that they really enhanced life in Fort Wayne. I mean, he was not just the guy who was on the air, that's for sure. And and he became synonymous uh, whenever, let's say, postseason basketball in high school, you know, the sectional one and sectional two finals and, and you know, on regional semi-state and in and, and super regionals uh, earlier. But uh, it was it was no, a the case. The ACAC tournament. For yeah, the ACAC tournament out at. Uh, well, you know, in fact, I remember uh, uh, a guy that I've known for years uh, by the name of Rick Gerke was quite a basketball player at Leo High School back in the mid-70s and with a 1,000-point score uh, for the Leo Lions. You know, one of his big thrills in high school was after an ACAC uh, tournament game to be interviewed by Hilliard Gates. And, you know, he said, you know, even before that, as a kid leading up to that and as a high school basketball player, you always kind of rehearsed in your head how you would respond to Hilliard's questions. And he said, as it turned, yeah. and, and it, was, it turned out, it was, that's right, Hilliard. Yes, Hilliard. And, and you know, it was uh, uh, just, but if you were approached or if someone said Hilliard wants to talk to you, you knew you had an outstanding game. <laughs> that's fun. But but those were the things. He was the icon, and and uh, uh, you know his his sports report on NBC thirty three at the time WKJG. You know he, he worked with Dick DeFay, Sports Today yeah, he came with Dick before DeFay. the weather too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know sports, that never happens anymore. No, no, because uh, it, it was just incredible to to listen to Hilliard and to know where he came from and in, in as far as uh you know what uh what he had covered in the past and you know the the Hoosiers uh uh film as well was uh, was something you had uh, mentioned about that in in your article too you know and in, in, in about you know how he kind of ad-libbed some of the uh some of the broadcast Yeah that's funny how there was no script for that he just had to wing it. I mean, you know, you'd think in a movie thing, everything is scripted, unless you're Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler, you know. But for something like that, you would have thought it would have been scripted. But it wasn't. That's amazing. Now, let's talk about some of the legendary Fort Wayne sports figures. And, uh, and and let's stay with broadcasting right now, because one name that, uh, that you and I have talked about, too, and, and I, I've... I grew up listening to him was Len Davis. W J. You know, you got to say it. You got to say it. Okay. This is Len Davis. This is Len Davis. And uh, it, here was a guy that did high school football, high school basketball every single week. And, and they, he did baseball. And worked, you know, I mean, he just did everything. Oh, he, he worked solo and would never fluff anything. Would, no. it, was, it was kind of a, a Jack Webb kind of a <laughs> just the facts, ma'am. And and he would, but you were 
you would tune in on Friday nights to hear that high school football game of the week, and he would name names, and his pronunciations were were spot on. His, you know, if he said that that Smith had the ball. By golly, Smith had the ball. <laughs> there was, I mean, it, right. it was his accuracy was on point at all times. And like Hilliard, uh, never an arrogant or sarcastic word heard from him. And uh, uh, I'm sure there were privately, but but nothing publicly ever would. I don't would know. If it would be privately. I mean, he was who he was. <laughs> yeah. He had a very dry, dry wit. Um, you know who else was? A guy who was completely different off the air as he was on the air was Dick DeFay. Oh, Dick DeFay, I mean, yes, and and he worked. He was with hilarious him. off the air, and you're like, man, why doesn't some of this come through on the broadcast? You know, well, yeah, he was well, amazingly fun off the air. I never met Dick DeFay, but I, I used to watch the sports cast, of course, as a kid growing up. And yeah, he would just look into the camera and give you the report. You know, whether it was scores, whether it was a highlight, whether it was a, a summarization of of a, a sports topic or something like that. But yeah, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of a personality as there is now on the, Not a lot on the of newscast. <laughs> yeah. So, but those are just some of them. And of course, now you want to go the other end of the extreme. And I know this is something that the judge Phil Hauk uh, worked with this gentleman, Lefty Davis. Not oh, Lynn, yeah. but Lefty. Uh, who was uh, a former minor league pitcher. Yeah. And, and Brad and Lefty Davis. Personified the personality through the microphone, but and, but he was another one that if there was a big game going on, here came here comes Lefty with his equipment. He's going to broadcast it. Yeah, and and he didn't uh, limit himself to football, basketball. You know, I'm sure he would have broadcast track meets if uh, if he had the time and had the ability to do so. But uh, he was another one that uh, that was uh, someone who brought sports to northeast indiana through the radio waves you know over the years so uh, it's it's still wonderful to be able to have that too as well but but some of the others and you have mentioned some of the other uh, people that that we would just assume are in halls of fame but aren't in in who might some of those be like len len is not in the indiana sports writers and sports casters hall of fame he received a lifetime achievement award once but he was he's not in the hall of fame and I've been working on that for a few years and trying to get that done. Um, you know, how can how can Bob Chase not be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Right. Now, he was, um, the, he was the Lester Patrick Award winner. Right, and, and, which is and, the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Yes. And in, uh, but not the NHL Hall of Fame because he's not a member of the NHL Broadcasters Association, which is kind of... Ironic to me, considering that he was, you know, broadcasting when there were six, you know, <laughs> NHL teams, mm-hmm. and you know he was the seventh guy. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, for decades before there was expansion, and you know, he's done more for hockey than ninety nine percent of those people. You know, that just kind of drives me crazy that he's not in there. That's incredible. And in staying with hockey, I know you mentioned uh, in our in our earlier little text chat, John Ferguson. Yeah, John Ferguson former was the key to – he was a former Comet, and he uh, signed with the Montreal Canadiens for his toughness to be on the line with Sean Beliveau and, and Jeffrey Boom Boom Jeffreyon, or uh, Bernie Jeffreyon. Yeah. And that was the whole key to them going on their streak in the 60s. 
He won, I believe, five Turner or five uh, Stanley Cups, and and then what he did after his career as an executive. I mean, he was the toughest man in hockey in an era when that meant something, and he truly affected the outcome of games. And he could actually play too. You know, I mean, to me, he deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I, and he's, I just, I don't know if it's all the people he beat up or what. It just amazes me that he's not gotten that much consideration um yeah that was just striking to me you know uh, another one is and this is a little bit outside the box is is i believe johnny bright deserves to be in the pro football hall of fame it's not the nfl hall of fame it's not the u.s football hall of fame it's the pro football hall of fame and for what he did um in Canadian football, I believe he deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No doubt. Also, uh, a name from uh, the past, and for when you mentioned Everett Scott. Yeah, that that one really baffles me. I know he was a two sixty seven hitter, but here's the guy who was uh, the first player to ever play in more than a thousand consecutive games. I believe he was in four or five World Series, he was an expert fielder of his time, which was before there was um, all the uh, groundskeeping (laughs) that they have now, you know, which is really saying something back then. And, I mean, he was quite an accomplished player, and I've never seen him ever get considered for it, and I don't understand that. Mm. Um, You would think with the things that he accomplished – that he would receive some considerable consideration. Now, Everett Scott has uh, uh, achieved a claim in, in Northeast Indiana. Part of the uh, he's been honored by the Northeast Indiana Baseball Association. At one time, Colt League, when it was Pony and Colt uh, through the Baseball Federation, the Colt League changed their name to the Everett Scott League. And I think this might have been early seventies, and uh, that's cool. You know, so uh, and, and then it, and then it became the Mickey Mantle League. Uh, but I believe it was uh, Steve Hargan was honored. I was going to uh, say, wasn't that one changed too? Yeah. Yeah, Steve Hargan Pony League became Steve Hargan or the Hargan League, and then uh, Colt League was the Everett Scott League. And uh, isn't is it the Connie Mack or the Stan Musial League that's the Colin Lister League too? Yeah, Connie Mack became the Colin Lister. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, and then, uh, yeah, the Musial League is, is no longer under those uh, those auspices now. So it's it's the federation and uh, kind of the adult with uh, with those teams. But, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting that um, that Everett Scott, Johnny Bright, uh, not in Halls of Fame. And uh, it's, it's just yeah, so many others as well that have done so much for their respective sports. But, well, uh, and I would encourage, you know, the listeners to text in. I'm sure they've got some other names that oh, deserve to be um, in in different halls of fame too. Yeah, four six eight six two, the Automotive Color and Supply text line four six eight six two. Put TS in front of your message. Uh, tell us who you think should be in in halls of fame. We'd appreciate it. So what else, uh, what, what is on the horizon for some of the features uh, that you might be able to share with us and maybe tease just a little bit uh, for upcoming features that you've got for the Journal-Gazette, Blake? Well, um, there's so many things yet to go um, in the Hall of Fame series. I mean, I'm I'm working on August already. Really? Um, 
Yeah, I try to stay a month ahead as much as humanly possible, um, simply to give the guys at the paper time to find art to go with them and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's just so many neat things coming up. You know, I was thinking about uh, one yesterday is, you know, most people don't realize we had a, a major tennis champion who was from Fort Wayne for a bit. Um, a person who won one of the U.S. Open, the Wimbledon, you know, um, the French Open or the Australian Open. Well, Nancy Ritchie came to Fort Wayne, I think, when she was 12, and her dad was Cliff Ritchie, <coughs> not the singer. <coughs> and um, she won the French Open, you know, one year. I mean, how crazy is that, that we have a tie to a tennis champion like that? And uh, her dad was the chief instructor for the Fort Wayne Parks tennis program at the time. And she had a city tournament and won it, uh, I believe, at 13. You know, crazy stories like that that just seem to happen in Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and uh, we need to make sure that a lot of this history and a lot of these outstanding achievements don't just... just become dust in the wind you know don't don't get forgotten and uh it's uh, because we have a rich history of amateur and in youth and adult sports in in the fort wayne and northeast indiana area and uh we we would love to be able to uh, go back and, and give those people the acclaim they deserve and talk about the rich history i was looking at um i was looking at one uh, the other day too of you know the lpga tournament there one of their majors started in fort wayne and it was because uh it was the second major the lpga ever created and it was because the the girls would come to fort wayne for the the fort wayne open and they were always treated so well here that when they decided they wanted to uh create another major they just decided well we're going to go to fort wayne because they commit you know and it started here it's just you know, another example would be the the 1953 NBA All Star Game that was held here. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, it's just incredible how many times um, Fort Wayne had an effect on the national and international sports world. You know, and uh, just because of the people here. You know, we keep thinking of ourselves sometimes as the uh, one of the biggest small cities in, in the small towns in the country. And it's like, yeah, there's so many things here that people made work. They made happen <clears throat> because they had an interest in it. And, and they just, everybody pulled together to pull it off. You know, it's just kind of neat that way. Well, Blake, thank you so much for joining us this early Saturday morning. And um, let's talk again next week. All right, we'll talk to you guys. All right, thanks a lot, Blake. That was Blake Sebring, noted author, sports writer, former beat writer of the Comets, uh, covered high school for years, um, done just about everything. He's written, what, seven books so far? Seven? It's up there. And I, I'm sure he's got some on the shelf that he's uh, working on as well. So, Blake Sebring, ladies and gentlemen, tell you what we're going to do. Before we go to break, I want to talk to you about my friends at Culligan of Fort Wayne. 
Recently, we had a lot of heavy rain, and, and when when you get heavy rain, we uh, as a city uh, get our water from the St. Joe River. Well, as the river rises, that picks up debris and things uh, off the shoreline and brings them into our water supply. And uh, they have to put added chemicals in the water to make sure that they uh, account for that. And sometimes the taste and odor of your water hmm, leave something to be desired. Well, it happens. It's not a whole lot you can do about it, but you can call Culligan of Fort Wayne at 484-8668 and ask them about reverse osmosis water. Uh, It's the tap water that that you basically turn on your spigot, you push a button, and your tap water goes to purified drinking water, uh, bottled water quality water from your tap, give them a call. The reverse osmosis drinking water system from Culligan. They'll come out. They'll test your water. They'll tell you what you need. And it, it's free, no obligation. Have a, a technician come out and test 15 or 20 minutes, four to five tests. Easy. 484-8668. Culligan of Fort Wayne. Give your people Culligan water. We'll be right back with more. You're listening to Talking Sports presented by Automotive Color and Supply on ESPN Radio 1380 AM 100.9 FM. If you looked at your auto or homeowner's insurance rate lately, think it's about time to get a competitive quote? Call the Wise Insurance Agency today at 260-747-5373. Located at 7410 Bluffton Road, Wise Insurance is a local company that's been in business for 25 years. Being an independent agent working with over 15 A-plus rated carriers allows Coach Ron Wise to assess your needs and determine the best option for you to give you maximum coverage with the most affordable premiums. The Wise Insurance Agency also offers motorcycle, RV, and watercraft insurance, as well as renter's insurance, flood, and umbrella policies. Multi-policy discounts are also available, and make sure to ask Ron about the good student discount up to 20%. Let Coach Wise show you the fundamentals of getting the right insurance. Don't put it off. Contact Coach Ron and the Wise Insurance Agency team today at 260-747-5373 or find them online at thewiseinsuranceagency.com. Our connections make powerful things happen, uniting individuals and communities. We are Rotary. We are people of action. And together, we turn great ideas into reality by accessing our networks, our experience, and the best of ourselves to make a difference. Around the world, Rotary brings leaders together to build new friendships and to solve problems. Like in Austria, where generations work side by side to build sustainable housing and community centers. In India, volunteers run a mobile blood bank to help provide a steady blood supply for their local community. And in Taiwan, people are working hard to get vulnerable citizens the support and services they need. With over one million members, we know what people can do when they come together. Take action with us. Find out more at rotary.org slash action. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice an eight-year-old girl who's not excited excited for for summer break because she may not be having lunch again until September? Or a single father of two who works three Three part-time jobs and still can't put enough food on the table. Or maybe a mother who cleans offices at night, hoping to find meeting leftovers to take home to her hungry family. 
or a war veteran who's having a hard time landing a job and getting back on his feet. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Talking Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply, Saturday, May 30th, 2020. Along with producer, co-host Justin Kenny from OPS, I'm Jim Shovlin. Thanks for tuning in as we're talking local sports of all sorts until the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. If you have a suggestion, opinion, a question, a comment, give us that on the Automotive Color and Supply text line at 46862. That's 46862. Please put TS in the front of your message, uh, especially if you have a question for Tin Caps GM President Mike Nutter, because he is on the Talking Sports phone line presented by Culligan of Fort Wayne. Give your people Culligan water. Mike, good morning, sir. Good morning. It's great to be on with you. Well, Mike, I miss you. <laughs> yeah, well, you too. And I was looking at the schedule this morning, and I'm thinking, fireworks, bird zerk. Looks like about 85 and sunny. Looks like, or 75 and sunny. It looks like a a crowd of about eight or 9,000. Oh, uh, wait. Not this year. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, yeah, it is unfortunate. It's, oh, it's, it's there again. It, we'll, we'll look back on 2020 is, is the year that, that, we all missed out on what we love and uh, uh, and other things. But uh, uh, first, first question I want to ask: as things unfolded last evening with the protest that that turned uh, some violent, uh, as things deteriorated, uh, what were your thoughts? And in, 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 is Parkview Field uh, unscathed from from that uh, that? unprecedented uh, night last night downtown. Yeah, everything at the ballpark is good. Um, obviously, a lot of my thoughts were the same as yours and everybody else out there watching. And um, You know, there's two distinct groups, and I'm not an overly political guy, but there's two distinct groups, obviously. There's the group of people that are peacefully protesting, uh, you know, what happened to the to the man up in Minneapolis. And then there's another group that... that um, I don't include in the same group um, that that chose to to do the stuff that they did last night, and so I actually, as things started to to unfold last night, I actually came down to the ballpark. Um, I don't know what I was going to do, <laughs> but uh, I came down here. Um, this is my home away from home, and obviously, it's a different year as we talked about before. But uh, everything was fine last night. The people that have been doing the farmers market at the ballpark you know they've had record crowds the last two weeks so the biggest crowds they've ever had ever in the history of the thing and they were back-to-back weeks and and today probably would have been bigger but they made the the correct choice to cancel the event today uh cancel their other market over at bar street the other mm-hmm. group that does things and um just because there's more uh, you know demonstrations or protests planned today at two the way i understand it so everything at the ballpark is good uh, I wish it was a day that people were here for the farmer's market. Obviously, I wish we had a game. I wish we could, without with the absence of those two, I wish we could open the gates and let people walk and run because this ballpark has been so big 
in downtown as a positive gathering place, and it will be that again. I am not lost hope or anything like that, but right now we're not right there. We're not there right now, and so everything at the ballpark is fine. Our people are safe. Uh, you know, Jen Sylvester lives right in the heart of downtown. She's one of our rock star employees. Dalton McGill, Keith Winter, Tyler Lance. You know, a lot of them were were in it last night. One of them didn't get windows closed enough, and so tear gas got in. Again, we're not looking for any sympathy. We're not, you know, doing any judgment of any kind. It's just our people are right in the middle of it. The ballpark's right in the middle of it, and everything here today is great. And hopefully, that'll be the case after the things are done today. Because we've always tried to be a a company and a, and a destination point that's a uniter and a unifier and that brings people together of all races and, and, and all other demographics. And, and, and um, just a wild time last night and hopefully today in the daylight is a lot better example of what this great country allows in terms of peaceful protest and demonstration. And, um, you know, we'll wait and see. Very well said, Mike. Uh, great insight into that. But let's let's talk uh, some baseball. And as far as uh, the the Fort Wayne Tin Caps and the staff, now uh, there was news that came out uh, early this past week that Tin Caps staff and and the Padres uh, Tin Caps uh, players will be paid through a certain period of time. And uh, it, it seems like in, uh, as we heard some other major league teams basically furloughing like crazy and uh, just some unprecedented uh, news, the Padres are going the other direction and saying, hey, we, we believe in our loyal em- employees and we believe in our players and, and this is going to happen. Can you expound on that and, and maybe yeah. uh, give us, give us uh, the details? Absolutely. And so um, for the Padres employees and players, of which, you know, the tin cap people are not, but for the Padres employees, uh, they have been a leader. Uh, They were the first team in the MLB to say that they were going to pay their players. They were the first throughout. They were the first team in the major leagues that gathered their staff around as people were going month to month. And when I say staff, I'm talking about our friends, Anthony Contreras, Bert Hooten, the guys that people love and know around here. They brought them together and said, we're going to honor everybody's contract through September. You know, some people on different parts of the org chart had to take a little bit of a, a haircut or a, a financial hit, but they kept their benefits. They kept their salaries. Uh, people are extremely grateful. Um, you know, uh, I was vocal on Twitter the other night. I normally try and be the positive guy. You know, I was, I was taken back. Um, you're an A's fan. I grew up going to the A's games. We had season tickets in the heyday with Eckersley and McGuire and Canseco and, and all the four rookies of the year in a row. and just I mean, I went to all those games, all the World Series games, all the playoff games. Mm. Uh, I love that organization. To me, I grew up an Indians fan, a Padre guy, but I love it. And I was taken back by the owner this week out there saying, you know, I'm not going to pay the guys past, I think it was May 31st. Again, I'm not a guy that holds other people in judgment, but if you're worth $2 billion with a B, it seems like you could pay your minor league guys 500 bucks a week or a month, you know, through the foreseeable future. He chose not to. And, uh, those guys are un they cannot get unemployment and they can't be released because of the way these contracts are written. And it just seems like it just doesn't seem right to me. And so, uh, but many teams have started to go that route. 
unfortunately, many teams are going the route of the Padres. You know, in this country, Memorial Day last week it was the first time since 1880 that there were no major league games on Memorial Day. Man, last time there was no games on that day, it wasn't even called Memorial Day. <laughs> we still called it Decoration Day. So these are these are certainly unprecedented times. Uh, I heard a Buster Olney interview yesterday where he said. Uh, without naming the teams, if I'm paraphrasing correctly, there were six teams in the MLB that are just good not having a season this year. And it's like, this is what I do. I'm a 47-year-old male that's worked. This would have been my, I'm counting it because of the stress and anxiety, but my 30th season working in minor league sports, minor league baseball, to, to have a sentiment that, Six of the 30 or whatever it is, if that's a correct statement um, that he made, that just are good just punting on the thing, maybe to break the union or just not to deal with things. It's so, it's so, uh, I just don't even think, I don't even understand how you could think that way. That baseball has a game, you know, I'm not going to be the James Earl Jones speech in Field of Dreams, although I would tell people to Google it. He can yeah. do it more eloquent <laughs> than me. But baseball has been through so much. And the 94 strike would mm. pale in comparison, you know, canceling if that they didn't find a way to have a season this year. 35 million Americans out of them, uh, you know, unemployed right now. They don't want to hear millionaires and billionaires fight about money. It, the, the leaking to the press doesn't serve any positive purpose for our game. I'm hopeful that the major leagues will find a way to come to an agreement in the next, I would say, week to 10 days. And that baseball can actually become a part of the healing that this country needs racially, pandemic-wise, mental and physical health, people that are out of work. It, it can be a leader like it's been so many times. People don't want to hear it. And so when the Padres and A.J. Preller, our GM and friend, Ron Fowler, the owner, uh, were the first team to make that decision a week or two ago, I gotta tell you, man, I was proud. I've taken a lot of hits because we're with the Padres, um, and I understand it. I, I get it. Um, that's for another day that we've covered before, <laughs> you know. But it's like hey, they're being a leader, and so they are—they're doing that. Um, some of the stuff as it relates to the tin caps was incorrect because we don't, you know, work for them. We have a great partnership with them. That's clearly uh, been made uh, apparent to anybody that's ever listened to you and me over the years on the show. Um, but we work for a guy uh, out of Atlanta uh, that we love just as much and more, uh, Jason Fryer with Hardball Capital. He owns the team in Atlanta. He's out of Atlanta, but he owns the team in Fort Wayne, Columbia, South Carolina, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, um, you know, obviously we've not had work for our game day people, the ushers, the ticket takers, the EMTs, security, you know, all those kinds of things. But for the staff, he committed very early on, hey, guys, I've got everybody's, you know, benefit through this time and, you know, this and that. We're still meeting together as a staff. We're not back open yet. We get the question a lot of, hey, is the ballpark open for a walking and running trail? We're not. We're in that major venue category that we think has to come after July 4th. But our group is, is as tight as ever and is driven as ever and as motivated as ever. And the last thing I want to tell you before I listen to whatever you have next is, you know, I'm just going to say it because I've been open and honest and transparent on these airways for the last 12 years doing this show with you as my friend. 
it's it's going to be very difficult for us to have any season here. Nothing's been told to us officially. This isn't some breaking news. But what I'm saying is we can't go to church right now. There's other things in, in the world that we can't do right now because of this pandemic. It's hard for us to imagine a scenario that we're able to play. I'd love to play. We're hopeful that we can play. I'm just trying to tell people what we're going through. And so I personally am responsible for a 32-person staff, along with others. That's not some ego statement, <laughs> believe me, along with Jason and the other, other people here. And so there has been a lot of stress and anxiety because if this season is lost, and again, it is not yet, but if it goes that way, Jim, we're going to be looking at 19 months in between home games. Mm. I mean, we're going to be looking at September of 19 to April of 21. Again, I want to say for the last time, we haven't been told that. But, you know, reading the tea leaves, you're just trying to figure out, well, how could crowds congregate? And people said, well, yeah, but social distancing. In our ballpark with 6,100 seats in the main seating bowl, we can get between five and 700 people in the bowl. Memorial Coliseum set up for a full concert or graduation, 12,500 seats, can get 1,460 people in the venue with social distancing. It, it doesn't work right now. I'm not asking for sympathy from people. We've always tried to be positive uniters. We will be that again. But we have started the process of reaching out to some of our partners, season ticket holders, people like that, with a similar message of, hey, it isn't canceled, uh, but is there, are there a possibility of a lost season? Yeah, there is. And I'm just going to say it on these airwaves, you know, for people that have, they have paid for their tickets and different things like that, we've asked them, hey, can you roll it over to next year? Jim, you would not believe, or maybe you would because of your other job, the amount of people that have said, heck yes, and we'll work with you because we're trying to keep everybody around. And obviously for us, it came at the worst possible time because we had the seven months of off-season expenses, and then you buy everything to gear up for the season. And then the rugs pulled out from under you. Again, we understand why. I'm not getting political on people, but... It's going to be tough to make it through, but we've got the team that'll make it through. We've got the owner that'll make it through, and we've got the major league affiliate. And so uh, that's probably a longer answer than you wanted, but I, I wanted to come on this morning when you asked me and just and tell people what's going on in our world. Yes, the loyalty of the Fort Wayne sports fan is second to none, Mike, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it really is, and I had no idea. I mean, I told this story years ago. Dave Lorenz and I came up here to look at a job with the Wizards men back in – October of 99, and we went over to a Fort Wayne Tonic game. And I looked at him, and I, and I said, man, I don't know if they like the baseball around here or not, but <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. And him and I committed in October of 99. We both came up and started working for the Wizards then. We shared a U-Haul van, moving what little stuff we had back then. Uh, he had just gotten married to Lisa, who worked with us in both teams, and, and I was a single guy. And so we just saw it, and for 20 years in this town, um, 21 or 22 years now for me in this town. It's It's been unbelievable. They have supported the professional stuff. They've supported the college stuff, the high school stuff. I heard you telling stories last week or the week before when I was listening about all the gyms you used to go around to with your dad and uncle. I think it was last week when you and mm -hmm. Justin were talking about their rankings and stuff like that. And It really resonated. And, and uh, it, it's an incredible sports market, and it will be again, and I'm hopeful that, the Mad Ants and the Comets can get things going in the fall. Uh, you know, 
is there still a chance for us? Yeah, sure, there's a chance until somebody tells the, you know, it's like that dumb and dumber line. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> One in a <laughs> so million, we're just yeah. trying to figure out what's realistic. Yep. Mike, when you look at all the changes in minor league baseball that were coming even before all this yeah. and talking to, to to cut dozens of minor league baseball teams and now with the COVID-19 crisis, uh, what does minor league baseball look like after all of this is over? Great question. I think in, for I don't want to be selfish here, but I think for our fans, it looks almost the exact same. I would guess that, we, and this is a guess, guys, I would guess that we come out of it at the same level, meaning um, I don't think we're going to get moved up to double A um, or high A. I think we'll be a low A team like we have been for 20-some years in the Midwest League, and I believe we'll be a Padres affiliate. Um, They love us. We love working with them. Going forward, when Major League and Minor League Baseball completes their deal, the minor league team is no longer going to have any say or input in who your minor and who your major league affiliate is. That's major stuff for us. Wow! If we're with the Padres, hey, that's great. If we're with somebody new, don't get me wrong, we'll, they'll love the ballpark and we'll you know get to know them and they'll love working here. So there's nothing negative in that. It's just different. Mm-hmm. I think the season could go from 140 games to something, Justin, like. I've heard numbers like 136, 138, so minor change there. Um, You feel for the people in our league that have been on all those lists for contraction. I'm not saying these are the teams, but the teams that have been widely reported are the Burlington and Clinton, the Iowas of the world, Beloit, Wisconsin. You know, those teams may go away. We hope not, but they may go away. Um, You know, the, the, the players salaries, I think, are going to get improved now, which is a good thing. But the unfortunate thing is the way they're improving them is to cut teams. And so it's like, you know, the, the major league teams aren't spending any more money. The, the rumor mill would say that you know, the short season uh, leagues are all going to go away, um, which really stinks for those towns and some of those communities that, that it still is, even though we're way bigger than a lot of those cities, you know, it still is the thing to do in on a summer night. And so it's um, it's wild times pre-COVID-19 um, with the Major League and Minor League agreement. It sounds like things have gotten way less combative and that they're going to strike a deal that's, you know, you love this cliche, that's a win-win or, a, you know, Minor League, I think you're trying to get the best deal now possible that's on the table. Um, major League Baseball through this process has not seemed too concerned with the PR fallout. Um, it's just unfortunate for the cities that are going to lose their teams. Obviously, that's not Fort Wayne, but we feel for our friends in the other cities that, that could be on that chopping block. And um, the one thing I will say about it is I just hope we know in the next month or so so we can start planning on uh, either the rest of this season so those teams can have their farewell games, or if in a couple months this season doesn't end up happening, it's a lost season that we can jump full blow into planning for next year because if the social distancing and things like that open up, people are going to be ready to go to sporting events and concerts and Three Rivers festivals and all the other festivals and stuff in the future. But clearly it's bigger than that right now, and we're just not there. Well, Mike, you know, you talk about the the 
you know, potential geographical shift in minor league baseball. But, but you know, ideally, well, what major league team wouldn't want to affiliate with the yeah. Wayne Tim yeah, Caps? So given I appreciate its, you its saying history. that. I'll keep this brief because I know I've been long winded today. But like, you know, uh, once I said that, and people were like, man, well, man, I hope you get a team. And listen, I, <laughs> I say with no arrogance, we will be just fine. Yeah. And so I, I should say this: I, I've not said this publicly, but I'm going to today since I've already been rolling. Um, the rumor mill says that there was a survey done by major league teams that they asked their scouts, that they asked a lot of people to rank their affiliations and things like that. And there was 160 teams and affiliated major league baseball. And this is the town. This is the airport. This is the restaurants and the hotels and the nightlife and the, the safety and the quality of the ballpark and the quality of the playing field. And in the 160 surveys that were done, you know, it was reported to me that, that, that Fort Wayne, um, that Parkview Field uh, ranked as a single digit wow. in that survey. And so I, 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 I don't say that to brag. I say that to tell people that are listening, have faith. We will get through this time in our country with the pandemic and the other uh, things going on. I'm not minimizing that, but there's a lot to be proud of in Fort Wayne and We've tried to do our part to be a part to be a part of that, and it's it's cool. And we will get back, and the party either yet in 2020 or in 2021 is going to be something to behold. It'll be a tough ticket to get when we're playing again. Well, uh, Mike, it's pr- pretty crazy as far as Parkview Field as a whole, and as you said, uh, you know, having to stay closed. But it's you know, baseball and the tin caps are synonymous with Parkview Field. But there's so many other events, and as you mentioned, yeah. you know, farmers markets. But but you look at the sweet level area and all the things that are hosted by Parkview Field that so far have had to be canceled or postponed. What kind of economic impact or hit is is Fort Wayne taking from COVID-19 in relation to Parkview Field? Oh, it's major. I mean, our friends at the Grand Wayne Center, Bart Shaw that runs that, is great at what he does. There was an article this week in, uh, I believe, the Journal that they're looking at a $2 million loss. Um, ours at Parkview Field will be more than that. Um and so, you know, Justin asked a great question before about major or minor league baseball mm-hmm. having some issues that will get resolved. I really believe that. But before this stuff, you know, you wonder if there's teams that are supposed to be on the safe list or that are safe that won't make it through this. And so um, I say with no drama implied, um, we're being tested now. I mean, the, all of us that work here with uh, with, with uh mental and physical capabilities and, and, and financial and everything else. And so, um, yes, we've had to furlough people and we've, um, you know, we have not gotten rid of anybody or anything like that. Um, and, and, and it's just a very tough time. And so the impact economically is huge. Um, the impact socially is huge because again, we, you know, we want to be a part, forget the financial aspect. We want to be a part of, the gathering place where people come. And like you said, if it's not a ball game, well, it should have been or could have been the farmer's market today. The last two weeks, the biggest two weeks they've ever had, 2,800, 3,000 people or so. It's awesome. Uh, people love the venue more than ever. We've got this brand-new video board and sound system, you know, that we wanted to show off. And so financially the impact is huge. Socially the impact is huge. Our uh, goal from the beginning 
was can we we'll, we will get through this can we get through it with all 32 full-time people our interns are still with us we've still paid them every week they're with us through at least uh and maybe the end will be mid-June. We've probably outlasted most other teams by a couple of months, not being critical of my buddies with the other teams. They signed up to come work for one of the top minor league franchises in the country, and they didn't exactly get the experience that we, they were hoping for. So we've continued to have them around and working, and uh, we're just trying to do right by people where we can. Well, Mike, we had a... a a list of uh, several questions wanted to ask you and uh, uh, I still have podcasts by Federated Media podcasts by Federated Media